Welcome to the party. I'm Nate. I'm Steven. This is the show where we talk about all things nerdy from illithids to beholders. And today, we will be talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Allons-y! So, we'll be talking about Dungeons and Dragons today. <laughs> Yay! Finally. <laughs> Alright. it's not so, in more. Yeah, and it's not in more. Hey, yeah. finally we, we decided we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons just to talk about it now. So, we have at least, well, upcoming we have the... Legends of Vox Machina, that's going to be taking over the more episode if you haven't watched the announcements. Yeah. So just to give you a little bit of a background and a little bit of info about what Critical Role in Legends of Vox Machina is, it's actually Dungeons & Dragons, so we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, and I mean, I'm quite excited for this uh, specific episode. I mean, is the, I mean, this is the start of like us meeting again as friends and as start of like, us wanting to even start this podcast in the first place. That's right, yeah. Us meeting yeah. together again as friends after years of being enemies. Wait, we are not enemies anymore? No, 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 no. We're still friends. We're still enemies, but we're oh, friends okay, still. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. what We're just going to be talking about D&D. So, for those who aren't very familiar or aware about this, we actually... The whole reason we started the party was because of D&D. We... Steven and I met up again for after many years, started yeah. playing D&D. And from there, we had a more and more conversations about what we liked. And we realized that we liked very similar styles of movies, books, and TV series. That's the one I'm missing. Yes. yes yeah. So we started talking about those series and in relation to D&D. And we realized that every single conversation we had kind of spun off into D&D eventually. <laughs> yes. So now we're just talking about that and publishing it on a website. Uh-huh. And thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, yes. <laughs> Alright, for those who are unfamiliar with what D&D is, Dungeons & Dragons is a tabletop RPG, a tabletop role-playing game, that focuses on collaborative storytelling, typically in a fantasy setting. Players choose a race in a class, such as a half-orc barbarian or a gnome cleric, and they gather as a party to begin questing. Each class and race have different attributes that allow for an abundant amount of options to choose from. A different player will be the Dungeon Master, or DM. In some other games, they're known as the Game Master. Mm -hmm. This DM does not need to choose or create a PC, a playable character, as they will adopt the role of every other character in the story known as NPCs, non-playable characters. Once that's all settled, the story may begin. Using a 20-sided die or a d20, players and DM alike will be able to determine if actions succeed, and... That really is the crux of D&D. Yeah, that's right. Actually, it's really as simple as that. Uh, but it gets a lot more complex. And and I think it's a wonderful system because... Well, we'll get into that. Uh, Definitely, yes. Uh, it would. Know. It's more... I feel like D&D is more of a system to tell a story. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, but I think before we get into that, right? Maybe we, I, I want to ask you this question. Yeah. How do you get into D&D? Maybe we can start with that. How did I get into D&D? Yeah, how? Well, growing up, my cousin, I believe, was very into fantasy setting and D&D and stuff. Oh. And he actually gifted my brother, like, a set, mm. I believe, of a really old D&D board game. I showed you, I've shown you the minis that were from there and, like, the set of dice that were from there before. Mm -hmm. But I never really knew what it was. Just like to look at the dice. It's dice. Everybody loves dice. That's true. But more more in line with when I actually got to begin D&D &D was I was reading some of 
like the books I always read, like fantasy setting books, uh-huh. like high fantasy setting books. And what book is this? One in particular was uh, yeah. uh, Magician by Raymond E. Weiss. All right. It's from the Rithvo cycle. Okay. And I read up about him himself, the author himself, Raymond E. Feist, and it all spent it all spanned from his own home D and D game. Mm-hmm. So that was in 20, 20, 2010, 2011? Okay. I think it was oh, about there. a long time ago. Yeah. So I was looking into D&D from then and it seemed too complicated for me at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not too complicated, more like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, you just never look into it and right, yeah. bother about it. Yeah. And then when I was in uni a couple of years later... I started, I had a little bit more free time as being a student. Mm-hmm. So I started looking for things online to watch. And I found this little, small little stream called Critical Role. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and from Not so there, small anymore. <laughs> so, nah, yeah, if, if, you, if you've seen the Twitch leaks nonsense, yeah, not so small anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I watched, I saw this Critical Role, I'm like, oh, D&D, I know what that is. I've heard about it before. And then I watched Critical Role and I never looked back. Right, right. That was about six, seven years ago, maybe. Ah, and then when did you start playing? Oh, I start. I started playing at uh, the same time as you. Oh, okay. I played like one other game before that, that was run by a random person. <laughs> wow. Okay. Like yeah, and I played like this. I think it was a half elf paladin. I know it was a paladin. I can't remember if it was half elf. Right. But yeah, I play a half-elf paladin, vengeance paladin, because it was uh-huh. a level 5 character. And it was a one-session thing, and then he was all, yeah, okay, uh, let me know when you guys can play next. And I went home, I'm like, I don't really like this, because it was all just smashing and looking for things to destroy. Mm. It wasn't the kind of game that I was interested in playing. Right, right. So I kept, and that was around the same time that I was bugging John, and he picked up on D&D as well by himself. And he got the starter set. Yep. Then he and I played a game by ourselves, just the two of us. Where oh, so okay. that was that was that was also a bit awkward. Right. Yeah. And then eventually he bumped into you. Then we pulled in Sheena, and then she pulled in BU and everything. Yeah. Right. That's okay. how I started playing D and D. What about you? Oh, thanks for sharing first the story. Uh. So oh right. Along the way, there was like community episodes and like. Big Bang Theory oh, episodes yeah, about yeah, yeah, D&D yeah, yeah. that, right, of course, right. like, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, I know about that and all that shit, but yeah. yeah right, what right, about right. you? Uh, For me, I think, I think I always knew the existence of a D&D from right. games. Uh, I think in media, it, there's always, like, this passing reference to it, but Definitely, it's just yeah. a passing thing that you might, it, it just come across my head. I think probably, like, Big Bang Theory and all that. Yep. And I just think, oh, yeah, it's a game. Uh, Yeah, interesting, but that's it, you know, just... Never, never looked it up. Never looked it up, yeah. Okay. Uh, until I think, I think I can't remember, maybe it's about 2016 or 15, 16, where I started playing a lot of board games with my friends. Right, okay. Yeah, so last time I have this group of friends that which we will play board games together every Monday. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, I started looking around in the internet on like on board games and stuff like that. And shout I bumped into. Shout out Nat and Furt. Oh yeah, shout out to Netflix <laughs> and a few others as well. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I bummed to ah, uh, what's what's that show called? Tabletop, uh, Tabletop, I think by yes, by uh, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, yeah. yeah, on Geek and Century as well. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. 
And I think during that period of time, he was starting this new like role playing kind of uh game. Uh, yeah, basically it's a bit of a yeah. It was Titanfall, right? I think Titan Titanfall Tales of Volcana. Yes, yep. that's right. Yeah, Titanfall Tales of Volcana. Yes, I decided to watch and like, oh, this is very very interesting. And I kind of knew, oh, this is a bit of like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's not because he did mention it's modified. Uh, yep, according right. to his own way of doing look writing and all that. Yeah, yeah. So then I never thought about it, and I think there was one day, uh, not long after I was watching this, I was on the train going to work, and I bumped to John. Yeah, that's right. Ned just mentioned earlier. And that's where he suddenly asked me. I mean, we were just catching up. I haven't talked to John in like years at, at that point in time. Yeah, by the way, shout out John. Hola, Juanito. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we, he started asking me, hey, di- we are starting, Ned and I starting playing to start, pl- starting to play Dungeons and Dragons. Do you want to join us? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, I just watched like. Yeah. Was, uh, I mean, a similar kind of show. Yeah, why not? Just give it a try. Maybe just play for one game. That's what I had in my mind, right? <laughs> <sighs> that was completely... Uh, I mean, I didn't know any better, but when we start, I, I, we had a session zero where we just meet up with the players. That's right, yeah. It's the first time John, and Ned and I met up in a long time. There was a sh- this new other person. What, there was Sheena. Yeah. Uh, we had Burger. And it hadn't start- been that long since we met up, right? It was probably maybe... Three years, two years. Uh, yeah, maybe. yeah. But before that, even we only meet up once. Once a year, a year yeah, yeah. On our, our yearly yeah. gatherings, yeah. So I mean, we I just meet up with this group of people and we start started talk about characters and all that. And I think that was the start of it all. And I, all along, I mean, I've always been. Uh, I mean, I play games like Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest. You're a big fan of Lord of the Rings. I love the Rings, yeah. and I think when the moment we look, oh, there's pet, there's like clerics there. Yeah. A fighter and you rangers. Can, yeah, you are in this fantasy setting, rangers and oh man, there's halflings. Yeah, so I think uh, this will be yeah. the perfect segue mm-hmm. into. So, what did you play for your first character? Oh, okay. For my first character, I play a uh, trickster cleric. Uh, his name is Ervan, and he's a half elven. Adonis. Adonis. Yes. <laughs> uh, his race is half elven. Um. So this is the first time yeah. we've all kind of really played D&D mm-hmm. and John being the DM for the first time as well yeah. with no t- real experience in being DM. Let us roll for our stats. Oh <laughs> yeah. And Steven being Steven rolled insanely well for stats. He had like what 318s or something. I think 218s and yeah. 17 that's all. <laughs> that's, that's all. all. I mean yeah, yeah. That's, all, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So yeah, this <laughs> ridiculous perfect half elven trickster cleric <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and I remember playing that and looking at your stats and looking at mine and going wow okay you have your you, your stats are like perfect me on the other hand my half orc barbarian has a 6 for intelligence <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean there was a really good uh, stats to the point that I can play both a, wi- a wisdom and an intelligence character together yeah <laughs> you're also kind of a gish in that uh not really but he has enough charisma and constitution yeah but in the beginning i no. mean in the beginning most characters are all i, I mean okay paladin i mean not paladin uh, clerics in D- dungeon dragon generally is a bit of a gish because you yeah. can be at the front definitely yeah that's and true and you are casting magic and all that yeah yeah i mean eventually when it came down to it he didn't need to be in the front anymore because 
Uh, yeah, your character is because fun. like when you rolled amazing for stats, I rolled as a barbarian amazing for HP. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah and I I pumped everything in the con because yeah. I knew I wanted to be a tank for yeah. everyone. And I think by the time I was level four, I had like fifty something HP, mm-hmm. and like level five, I had sixty something HP. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you and rolled like, like I rolled almost, almost max, max right? for every yeah. every single HP roll. <laughs> Oh, remember the days. Yeah. And so what's your first character then? Uh, Yeah, my first character was a half-elf paladin. Ah, uh, uh, right. He was... Also half-elf then? Yes, actually. So it was a half-elf, I believe it was a half-elf paladin. Vengeance paladin by the name of... I lifted it straight from Raymond E. Feist's book, Talwin. Okay. So yeah, uh, I just wanted to... Like, um, oh, I need a name. Oh yeah, I like I like I like Talwin in the books. He's really cool. He's not really a paladin, but he's really cool. So okay, Talwin. And okay. then there we so go. So your inspiration, uh I mean you chose Paladin. Why do you choose Paladin again? Because of I chose Paladin because I've always liked Paladin. Like even in uh Diablo. Ah, right, yeah. Right? Okay. I've always played more I I I liked the style of Paladin. Couldn't play it for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had to play like people who would run away from battles uh-huh. and <laughs> run away. So yeah, I always wanted to play a paladin. And paladins are, I feel, a very easily drawn to character. You know, mm-hmm. you're the you're the knight. You're the warrior for good. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you stand up for the weak and the. And I was like, yeah, I right, kind of right. like. I I, I kind of think this character would like to do that. I see. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and maybe is that why you also uh, didn't continue with the other group? Because it was closer to more of a number crunching. Than yeah, it was more number crunching, smashing, and like right. uh, you fight this, you rest, you fight this, you rest, you fight this. And I was... You didn't get to become that good hero. I didn't. There wasn't a story for me right. to dig into, ah, I which see. is what I wanted because I was spoiled by watching Critical Role, really. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not... I'm very happy about the things that way turned out. Yes. The way yeah. that things turned out. Yeah. Not the things that way turned out. But yeah, I'm very happy with the way things turned out because I was not happy with that group and rather than staying on and trying to be that player and make mm. it into my own game, I just told them, yeah, I don't think that I'm going to continue. Mm. Sorry if I... I apologize for if I disrupted any of the game or anything. Then I told them I probably won't be continuing with you guys. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think also at this point, I also want to point out that I think there are many ways to play the game. That's, that's the yeah. amazing thing about Dungeons & Dragons. You want the, you want the board game experience where it's number crunching. It's there. The mechanic is there. It's amazing. It's really, really fun yep. as well. I mean, our battles, yeah, it's always really, really fun. Um, but I, th- I think different players will prefer differently and I think that's the amazing thing about the game it caters to so many different types of exactly yeah and for us we're like story chasers and yeah. thankfully the the party that we had oh man I'm so thankful for the party we party, still have yeah. actually yeah. are all story chasers yeah and they're looking for for that chunky story rather than that smashy and yes yes yeah. we're not saying either way is wrong it's just what we're it's what we prefer yeah yeah, yeah. But I know <laughs> after that last game we just had. Okay. <laughs> so so wait, this is how long have you been playing Dungeons and Dragons now? Oh, I can't this remember. Long. How long have you been playing Dungeons and Dragons? This is our fifth. Y- going to our 
We are heading to our fifth year. We started in twenty. We finished our right? fourth year. We started in twenty seventeen. We started. We started in twenty seventeen. Yeah, end yeah. of twenty seventeen. No, early twenty seventeen. We started early twenty seventeen. Yeah. Did we? Early? Oh yeah. No. Eh? Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Twenty seventeen. I think so. Yes. Definitely twenty seventeen. Because yeah. I finished my uni twenty sixteen. Right. Twenty seventeen was the year. I met you guys in like January or or something. Right, right, right. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So this it's been oh. five years. Yeah, I th- I think that's about right. Yeah. That's kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's really insane. It's crazy, yeah, but of course two years of it is because of COVID, which mm-hmm. kind of like just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I think I you were mentioning earlier about uh our current our most recent game. Yes, so our most recent game our most recent game was a game that we haven't uh, we we've been pl- we hadn't played Dungeons and Dragons actually for a better part of a year and a half. Yeah. Because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And before that we were playing a campaign that I was DMing. Yes. And we had just completed the first arc of that campaign. Uh-huh. And so when we started this campaign again, uh this was the first game I believe BU played in a year and a half or maybe two years. Mm-hmm. S- because I don't think she's played since she's played with us. And I you left early, of course, mm-hmm. being you. Yes. Your your lawfully good self leaving early, double booking yourself for game night. And leaving early. And so you weren't there for this. But at the end of the game, I ended it off with um, an incoming of... They heard they heard howls. Towards the end of the game, they, they were right. on a yep. road towards a, uh, a ruin. Mm-hmm. And they were hearing howls all throughout. Like kind of a growl. I described them as a deeper lion's roar, but more in the cadence of a howl of mm-hmm. a wolf. So they were going along this road towards the ruins and mm-hmm. they came across a traveler in the middle of the road by herself. Right. Started to talk to her. They heard the hu- they heard this this howl again and I believe Regan and Biu's characters tried to determine if the howl was getting closer. And it did indeed was getting closer. Right. And then it happened again. So they tried again and it was actually really close this time so much so that the game ended with a kind of a crunch of twigs and leaves underfoot right near them right okay and that's where i ended the game and right at that bu threw up her hands and like oh my god we're back to the cliffhangers (laughs) 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 because Uh. i in that campaign that i mentioned earlier from Two years ago, basically every single session ended in a cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is only a testament to how much we love TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> we can't end an episode with not a cliffhanger. I know we can, we but can. why would <laughs> if you're if you're able to do a cliffhanger, why not? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for our our audience' our sake, right? I think there are a lot of names in our, and even the sound inside jokes will will. I mean that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. But other than that, what Im- what we are history are trying to say here is that we love stories. Yeah. To the point that even our games includes cliffhangers, and we somehow call it episodes. Yeah. More than games. I, I, well, that's <laughs> true. That's very true as well. But I don't know. I I the way I, I 
it felt good to know that the way I DM'd hasn't really changed that much in, since I've been not DMing for the past two years. Yeah, I, I think there's like preference of style as well. I mean, it's a mixture of style, your own personal inspiration and your own personality inside it as well. Yeah, I, it's the way I like to end games. Yeah. You know? Especially now that we're trying to play a bit more regularly again. Yes. I always want to leave the audience, which is you guys, the mm-hmm. players, wanting more. Right, right, yeah. I'm not. I'm going to try my best not to abuse it, mm-hmm. but I can tell you I'm going to fail. <laughs> no, okay, but the best thing about any moments in story, right, moments of failures are always, it is both a good thing and a bad thing yeah. from the storytelling. And I think the same thing with the Dungeon Master as yeah. well. Alright, so let me ask you this question. Yeah, sure. What is your favorite class? Favorite class. And also, sub question, what is your favorite class to play? Oh man. So it's a two part question. While you think on that, I will say my favorite class, I always have a soft sport soft spot in my heart for soft spot in my brain more like it. Soft spot in my heart for barbarians, sorcerers and yeah, barbarian sorcerers and fighters because these are the three main, three main classes that I've mm-hmm. played as a player, mm-hmm. and each one of them means so much to me in all of D and D that I've played so far. Right. Okay. Yeah, and what I love playing is not really a class, but it's more of a type of character. Yeah. It is the, the person that, kind of controls the situation. Yes. Yeah. In in the t- in the tide of a battle, they are they will be able to once to help turn the tide and let everybody else do the big stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's more of like, uh, whatever the big bad has to their advantage, they will be the one to try and remove that advantage and level the playing field, mm-hmm. or try and give the party that they're in uh, the upper hand in that battle or in a social interaction. Right. Yeah. That is the kind of. But I would say if that's the case, the my favorite class to play would be something like a cleric who can disrupt things, who can still run into m- melee and everything. Right. Okay. What about you? Uh I think for me will be I think my favorite class will be cleric. Right, okay. Um first class. Yeah. Uh, the first class that I picked. Yep. And I think favorite class to play is actually either a cleric or a warlock. I mean of course there are classes that definitely is very close to my heart. Things right. like Mang and all that. But in terms of to play is Warlock and maybe Cleric. I think, okay, my reasoning for that is, bec- I mean, the battle is one side. Right. I, I love the access to spells mm-hmm. for Cleric. Again, controlling the battlefield. And in fact, you have option, you have all the flexibility. You, you want to be at the front, you want to be at the back, you want to heal your teammates, they're all there uh, for you to choose from based on, depending how you want to play and which subclass, subdomain of Cleric. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But I think in terms of my favorite to play, I put I chose this too because I like to collaborate a lot with the DM in terms of Definitely, yeah. uh, storytelling. And I think these two have the highest potential. The, most, the, highest, the highest potential, potential and most fun because of yes, uh, yeah. there's this the patron and the patron deity. Yeah, patron exactly. deity. Yeah. I love th- those kind of storyline a lot. Um, and I think I know I'll just enjoy those things. For uh, I mean, and for Warlock, I think there's a lot of 
uh, incantations, yeah. in, sorry, invocation, invocations, invocations yes. that they have, and it's like basically you are using just specific kind of magic at will. Yeah. So the attributes they are really meaty and yeah. have a lot of flavor. Not the best. I would I would say maybe not the best in combat. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'm I'm, not, I'm okay. I'm not an expert in optimizing classes, but yeah, I know it's really fun to use it in the role play moments, mm-hmm. or even in just yeah. Yeah, I no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. It's the same thing. It's it's kind of why I said fighter as well. Uh-huh. My fight, the fighter I played was not the typical fighter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most typical fighters because fighters are really good in, uh, battle. Most mm-hmm. of their attributes and most of their features in their class lists are all battle oriented. Right. Yeah. And less social oriented. Yeah. But what I did was I used that. Yeah. And I made. Uh, RP focused character <laughs> yeah. with a fighter that was chi- kind of a pacifist and tried to avoid battles altogether. Yeah, but if he if he ever got into a battle, he'd be able to be he'll be the one he'll be able to finish it. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think like, okay. I mean, at least this is the way I I think we both see uh all these things. These are just tools right. to create a character that we want. Yeah. So yeah. That 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 leads me to my next question would be how do you normally come up with a character that is a very difficult not a difficult question yeah so uh, what i normally do is yeah, i have a an idea of a character in mind mm-hmm. then i try and build around that idea by adding in the race the class the background and everything after mm-hmm. that i don't use the mechanics to build a mm-hmm. character right. I, b- I build an idea of a character with a backstory, and then I use that to try and justify his what actions they would take to be in what class and what race or right. from where right. and everything. Okay, yeah. That's kind of the general direction I go. I think mine is similar but different. For me, I'll start with a concept first and I'll take inspiration from the classes. I'll just look through the class systems mm. and I kind of have an idea, oh, what kind of what kind how do I want to play this character right uh both in combat and outside of combat and I think from then I will pick the class that that fits best for me mm-hmm. uh, okay. for this specific character and then build the story around that yeah because I think for me the character is yes the backstory and all that is very important but that one can be changed accordingly definitely yeah I do love a con a character concept yeah for example Aragon you know he's going to be a sort person but a with a sword, he's a ranger, he knows how but to... But he also be, has to be able to with a bow. Yeah, handle, yeah and things like that. So, I mean, that's my inspiration. Uh, the type of character, the concept first. Right, okay. And then fill in the rest, yeah. I think Aragorn would be impossible to bring into D&D because he'd have to have perfect stats all across. <laughs> almost. Uh, I think almost. Okay, when, maybe it com- when it comes to a character like Legolas, at least you can say, yeah, strength is his dumb stat. But you can't really say that because elves are typically stronger than humans as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, the long-lived... In, well, no, we'll, we'll get to Lord of the Rings next yes, time. Yes, but yeah, yeah, Aragorn would be impossible to do it. <laughs> oh, we yeah. didn't mention this before, but I think s- like we were... <laughs> I, In one of... I think in our first probably more episode, mm-hmm. we tried to do... We tried to relate Spider-Man into a class. I... Th- did we? I, I think we tried to, but we said, yeah, it's impossible because he's... Right. It's it's quite impossible to do because he's Spider Man. But what about this though, right? Can you imagine in a D and D setting, Spider Man being a warlock of uh-huh. lol? Okay. <laughs> that 
is through Loth he gets all these abilities. He's okay. bitten by a, a spawn of Loth that gives him these abilities. Really makes sense, actually. Yeah. And right, <laughs> I thought about it after that episode, and, yeah. I, and I, I was kind of mad at myself. I couldn't think of this earlier to put it in the episode, but That's at so least true. we're doing it now. Yeah, you can. How cool of a concept is that, though? Yeah, and you you can choose a variant human yep. with the feet of. I think there's nothing else one that's alert or something. Yes. Yeah. Basically, you're always perceptive. That's yep. spider sense. Yes. Uh, and then you can become a warlock, and maybe you can work with DM to have the in- invocation of. Doing the spider climb, spider walk exactly, as yeah. a continuous spell. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and then you would be able to use your weapons or like whips, mm-hmm. but coming like uh, uh, with DM discretion. Of course, yeah. Like coming from you. Yeah. And if, if using your Eldritch Blast to, to pull them. Yeah. With the, Eld- I think it was the Eldritch Spear yeah, invocation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you can throw them away and everything. Oh man. We might be on to something actually. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome actually. Yeah. The next time you DM, spoiler alert, my character's gonna be Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have so much fun as well. <laughs> so much I so much inspiration from a really well made yeah. <laughs> list of villains <laughs> as well. <laughs> Speaking of uh villains. Mm-hmm. I think something that we always want to talk about, right, is what is your favorite uh, monster? Mm. I mean, we both ha- have been a dungeon master. Yeah. And we have our fair share of choosing I think monster, yeah. Yeah, for me, with the way that my story, because I've, r- I've written a couple of one-shots for this, this party to play. Mm-hmm. I've played a little bit of that cam- uh, of a campaign, maybe about, I would say, 20 games mm-hmm. in that campaign. I've DM'd 20 games in that campaign and like maybe a string of uh, about 10 other games mm-hmm. for one-shots and arcs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of them, they're all interconnected in the same world along the same timeline. It's just that the players don't really know what the timeline is or how they're interconnected. I've mentioned to them before they're interconnected. And the very first game I ever DM'd was a I think a 14 hour long session <laughs> insane that ended with a failure from the party uh-huh. that allowed a gate to be open right, and a yes. swarm of fiends to fly out Yeah, uh, with the party ending in a TPK. Yeah. I went on to make this a significant event in my world and it it was the it was the start of more demonic and devilish activity in the world where people random people will get uh, attacked randomly by demons and devils and everything mm-hmm. so yeah i think my favorite classification of monster would would fall into that but perhaps it is of a because perhaps it's circumstantial mm-hmm. but i would say yeah my favorite classifications favorite classification of monsters will be demons and devils fiends in general mm-hmm. and I would say the one that I've used the most out of that classification and you can attest to this That's is the hellhound yep I, I knew that <laughs> yeah every more I, I think the hellhound has appeared in like six of my games yeah I, five or six of my games and the howls that you mentioned from the previous session mm-hmm. I think we're gonna be seeing hellhounds <laughs> <laughs> it's not I mean come on like 
it won't be my game if there weren't some sort of Okay, this is how far it's gone, okay? One of my friends, BU, we've mentioned before, she recently got a Google Home, right? A uh-huh. Google Home thing, right? And she's because she is she speaks Japanese, she starts she used she took a video of herself talking to Google in Japanese. And I replied to that story like um, that's amazing, that's really cool. And she told me, you have Google Home as well, you can do it. I said, yeah, but I don't speak Japanese. To which she responded, what is your Google Home's language in Infernal? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is what my players think of me. And so I'm just going to steer into this kid. Yep. <laughs> Devils and demons, get ready. Nice. Yeah. What about you? What are your favorite classifications and what are your favorite monsters? I think, I think you're very similar in the sense that I, the classification of monsters is based on the story that we are writing. Right. Uh, I mean, it's always the story first, and then the class. All these classification of monsters are basically tools to tell the story, right? Definitely, yeah. And I think so far for me, I've been leaning towards a lot of aberrations. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think one of the reason why I really like the aberrations are because I think they're so, they're so just so weird and yeah. so out of this world and so aberrant. Y- y- <sighs> <laughs> I chose not to use that word. That word. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's a bit like you know when you watch uh sci-fi mm-hmm, and yeah. you get to meet the craziest of creatures that is completely out of our mind. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, I, I yeah. yeah. I remember the first time uh watching Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in about episode eighteen, between eighteen to twenty, and they have to face a beholder. Yeah. And I think when I saw the beholder for the first time, I was like, wow whoever come up with this, such a creature mm-hmm. is a freaking genius, you know? Thank you, Gary Gygax. Yeah, thank you so much. And it's just so, so out of this world with a very scary abilities, able to see all sides because there's so many little eyes and each of them can shoot beams. That's the coolest thing ever. Anti-magic fields and everything. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of won that with my, in my game and so I st- go with uh, Aberrations. Um, aberrations. Yeah. And very specifically, and the monster that I think you guys face I don't think you guys face the most, but I think I use it in a way that kind of scared the players a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the vivisectors? Yeah, uh, yeah, vivisectors. If you don't know what that is, basically, it's like a bug flying creature. Think, think of, of think of Scyther or Scyther from Scyther Pokemon. Scyther, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in a more grotesque looking way, and yeah, more fleshy, less buggy yeah. and metal. Yeah, and flying around just attacking your players, and it was. Brutal. We were like so under leveled for that. No, you guys were fine. Vivisector hits three times, dude. But you guys beat two of them quite easily. Not okay, not quite easily. Not quite easily. I'm sure you fudged some things behind your screen. I am I, pretty sure you did. I cannot <laughs> say <laughs> any more than that. But it I cannot th- say. <laughs> but those moments turns out to be really good. You know? Difficult encounters. Uh, you guys managed to beat it. And then you had a mo- really good moments after that, yeah. Yeah, it's those things that bring out party moments and character moments. Mm. But I would say if I didn't f- go into the realm of demonology and mm-hmm. what the equivalent of devils would be, mm-hmm. uh, fiendistry, I guess. Um, this fiendistry. Mm-hmm. My favorite classification would be, I think, dragons. Oh, and mine would be dungeons. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really do like I really do like all the different kinds of dragons, especially now with Fizzman's Treasury of Dragons. 
Ah, yes. That okay. I'll, I w- yeah. I've been waiting for a kind of like Jokonomicon. Mm-hmm. And now that we have it, I am trying to tear through it as quickly as possible. Oh, really? But I haven't had much time. So I've been right. reading it at chunks, then stopping for a while, then reading it at another chunk, then forgetting what I read in the previous chunk, <laughs> then having to go back. So it's been a bit, it's a bit troubling. But one thing I loved about Infisbun was the the crystal dragons, the gem dragons. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. I loved it so much. I used it as a starting point for this campaign. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I I actually love dragons. Just that I think you're right. I think you, you need to, re- I need to read more. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think there's so much more lore. There is a lot yeah. of lore. Yeah. There is a lot of lore about dragons and Bahamut and Kiamat, especially. Yeah. Love it so much. Yeah. I mean, it's not, Called, I mean, it's called Dungeons and Dragons for Definitely, a reason, yeah. right? Yeah. The thing about it is, if I, I I read an article somewhere that even though it's called Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. a lot of dungeon masters don't like to use dragons. I am not surprised though. Yeah, uh, because I, I mean, yes, there is a big yeah. bestiary of multitudes of different amazing monsters that you can choose from. Why would you just go back to dragons, right? Yeah, but uh, and also I think there's a bit of pressure. In terms of, I guess so. For me, at least, I don't, I don't, I don't want to choose dragons because if I want a player to encounter a dragon, I want it to be difficult, and yeah. I need to, you know, embody this magnificent creature, yeah, just as a ste- you know, testament to. That's the way I feel about yeah. beholders, which oh. is why I've never used the beholder. I've never used it as well, but I'm yeah. waiting for the right moment to use a beholder. I really love beholders, mm. but I I like what you said about how dragons are an intimidating creature, and you would have to embody the dragon itself mm. to become. So you can imagine how difficult it is to embody one dragon. Can you imagine how difficult it is to make five? I know you're doing this. Five iconic yes. dragons. Yes. In the Chroma Conclave. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, that Matt Mercer. Crazy, Matthew Matthew Mercer is the dungeon master for Critical Role. I've mentioned it earlier. If yep. you're not fa- if you're not familiar with Critical Role, they are the highest watched D and D stream right of now of all time. Yeah. Of all time, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And it's amazing storytelling because yeah. they have professional voice. They the players are all professional voice actors. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when they get into character, they, re- they really get into character. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, it's not, it's kind of like the storytelling that we like, where mm-hmm. it's story focused rather than number crunching focused yeah yeah and it's amazing so in one of in the first campaign of the in critical role they came across one of the big bets was the chroma conclave which yeah. was one dragon of each of the chromatic color yeah and i think we just add on the first campaign uh the party is called vox machina and yep. i think if you just look up, look it up on google you will realize vox machina is being created as animated series. Yes, Legends of Vox Machina will release on 28th of January. And yeah, and... So looking forward to that. Yeah, and yes, yeah, sorry. I have to... Right, so yeah. like, Matthew Mercer embodied five... He's embodied multiple different dragons because mm. don't forget, in the Chroma Conclave, yes, there were like the four main ones. There was yeah. also Brimside, Brimside that we never really saw. Yeah. There was also Jaman Soord, which yes. is another ancient dragon. That's right. There were so many dragons that he's embodied and he's still made everyone different and amazing. Yeah. Which is a testament to Matthew Mercer. Agree. <sighs> it's, it's so crazy. And I think that's also the reason why it's not easy to throw in dragon. You need to have the right moment. You need to know your party's level, their capabilities. Because 
Yeah, the first time the the party of, of Vox Machina yeah. faced a dragon, a whole city was destroyed. Yes. Their safe, th- their, their safe home, which is their keep, was destroyed. Yeah. Their strongest ally was killed. Yeah. Uh, it was... Oh, my It goodness. was a paradigm-shifting cataclysmic event. Yeah. Because the Chroma Conclave, the group of the, these four dragons who were left, eventually started taking over the whole of Taldori, that world. Mm. And they took over main cities and just started to run everything. And, and it was up to the and it was up to these champions, these yeah. these these characters, Vox Machina, to try and overthrow them. Yeah, and I think I remember the fear in the players' eyes. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why I don't dare to use a dragon mm, okay. in my game yet. I mean I've gotten I, that fear from <laughs> Yeah, but it's other diff- things as well. Yeah, I I I think yeah, we can do that. But then when it comes to dragon, it has to happen, you know? I don't really mm, well for me, at least that's what I think. Well, I I'm not I'm not. Uh, I think just the, just c- coming across. If I was a player that came across a dragon, I would shit bricks already. True. Yeah. Definitely. Any any form of dragons, and yeah, I've used it in. I've I've used dragons before in a yes yeah in a non combat situation. Ancient dragon, but you used dragon before as a part of the battle. Yes, I have used a dragon yeah. before in a part of the battle, but I've used an ancient dragon as a. As yeah. a final encounter that it was non-combat. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I feel, I like doing that. I like taking things that are the norm and flipping it on its end and try to see if it sticks. Mm, so yeah. that, that encounter was, the final encounter for that one shot was a was a was an ancient copper dragon. Mm-hmm. And their final encounter w- was not a battle because they would surely lose to an ancient copper dragon. But yeah. in Dungeons & Dragons, the... Metallic dragons are typically good, and the chromatic dragons are typically evil. Yep. So this ancient copper dragon was a good dragon, but he was still a freaking massive ancient copper dragon. And all they had to do to... Because they needed to retrieve some items, like a dagger and a sword, from the dragon who had it in his hoard of jewels and treasures. Mm -hmm. All they had to do to receive them was trade him, make him laugh, and they'll be able to get it. So it was a very... It, it was one of those moments where I could see my players, oh shit, it's a dragon. And then when they found out what the task was, they were like, oh shit, this is worse. Yeah. How do I make a dragon laugh? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. <laughs> it's these kinds of things that as a dungeon master, I love doing. Yeah. Trolling my players. <laughs> so how's, how, how was your journey as... Dungeon Master so far. Do you enjoy it? Uh, uh, I which part of the process do you enjoy the most? I, I, let me talk about the pro- which part of the process I've hated the most so sure. far. Uh, the biggest part of it, the one that I disliked the most was having to take a one and a half to two year break from being a Dungeon Master. <sighs> yeah, that's It really threw me off. Right. Yeah, because I had not, I don't really have the most Dungeon Mastering experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, I used a lot of one-shots to try mm-hmm. and build up my abilities to make sure I know how to keep the party interested and mm-hmm. make make sure the story moves along. Mm-hmm. Then I used small arcs, mm-hmm. like uh, one small arc like the dragons. You have an arc that follows like maybe three or four sessions to try and see whether you're able to tell a story right. over more than one yeah. session. Then from there, we started the campaign. And yeah. with that 20 sessions, I think, 
of the campaign, I started to get my groove into how to DM properly, right? Yeah. I knew what to do. I was on peak form of like thinking on my feet. So if somebody threw me something unexpected, I could immediately throw something back. Yeah. Out from the out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And just pull a rabbit out of the hat and just throw it back at them and then let them know that and then I'll like quickly, you know, jot that down <laughs> and write it and then I make sure I don't forget it. One side. And I was able to with that campaign I had a lot of because I had been writing that campaign, the storyline for that campaign for about two years. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. And everything led up to that. So it was a very well written it was already had a big chunk of a big chunk of things to happen. As compared to now, mm-hmm. I didn't I have I didn't plan anything for this campaign. I hadn't really planned anything for this campaign. All I know was that I wanted to play D and D. And then we started a one shot that eventually became a campaign. Mm-hmm. So I'm less prepared. I'm not as good. I cannot remember rules <laughs> so that's why i hate this one that that time lost yeah it took out a lot of my my ability to dm right but one of my favorite things about dming is i'm able to write stories yeah any idea that i can come across i recently started bringing up my book again because oh, any okay. idea that com- i'm an analog note taker right i don't do well with uh, technolo- technological notes, right? Because I don't know where I put them. Okay. I don't have a one like I. I'm an analog note taker. I have a book. I take it out. I write ideas in it, and I keep it away. And then I'll just look through these ideas and see which ones are applicable for whatever I'm playing. Right. Maybe a one shot yeah. campaign or something like that. And now I've taken out my book now, and I always have a pen on me, so I always make sure that I'm ready to take notes from an idea that pops into my head, or if I'm I see an interesting interaction somewhere, I just write it down immediately. That's mm-hmm. what I do. That's what I love doing. It's kind of that thing that makes me look like a, I'm the only person now who's like in a bus or a train that takes out a book and writes stuff. I, yeah, I guess so. Getting rare, I mean, it's quite rare nowadays. I, <laughs> it was just the other day I did that and I got a lot of, a bunch of weird looks on the bus. You know, and... It's, what is that? Paper? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Save the trees, right? Like, it's it's scrap paper. Wait, there's such thing as paper. It's yeah, not screen. Does exactly. It light up. I'm just being ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> but I one I love writing stories and I love thinking of new ideas and new stories mm. because I have ADHD and my mind wanders anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good way to channel that into storytelling. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I still have a little bit of work to do, but it's only gonna like. Like to get back to where I was in terms of ability of being a DM, mm-hmm. but that's only gonna come with more, the more and more I dungeon, the more and more I do it. Right. Yeah. We'll eventually get there, hopefully. Cool. Yeah. I love that being a DM allows me to have characters have the the mo- the multiple personalities in my head to come out into real life and people <laughs> praising me for the ability of having multiple characters <laughs> and not calling me a sociopath for having sp- the multiple personalities that's another thing i like now we know <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure like you didn't know that before what about you uh okay i'll start with things that i don't like um like you uh, <laughs> similar to what you said earlier yes sure I thought you meant start with the things you don't like you 
okay. <laughs> to that effect, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's understandable. <laughs> uh, I think for me it will be the anxiety of having to to be different characters at many at at a single point and you know just to perform as a dungeon master when you are facing your with your party because at the, at the back of my mind I'm always I'm always asking myself am I prepared enough uh, did I prepare enough did I prepare good enough story to entertain my mm, okay. uh, players and all that I, I, I think it, yeah. that concern is that anxiety yeah. yeah yeah and I think in terms of having to role play different characters mm. uh, and having them to be different sometimes I have to have conversation with myself because I'm playing two different characters right, and I want yeah. the players to hear a dialogue two sides, yeah. two sides of maybe a conversation oh man that is that is really out of my comfort zone a lot and I I really had to prepare a lot to, to mm-hmm. even practice sometimes at home yeah uh, definitely to just make sure okay I get the voice right I get the body language right and I'm going to do this for this person going to do another thing for another person yeah so that's that's very difficult. Uh, take me a lot of my comfort zone. But what I love a lot about uh, being a dungeon master is the planning, the s- stories mm-hmm. that I get to write, uh, the ideas of encounter. I love building systems yeah. uh, and mini puzzles in battles, be, be a social puzzle or a social scenario during, during a battle right. where, I don't know, you know, when we watch movie, you know, like Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin, I think he was throwing a bus in the air. No, he should have made him choose between MJ and... Yeah. Okay, this is the early Spider-Man, not the, not the latest That's right, one. Yeah. Uh, MJ and the school bus mm-hmm. uh, full of kids and kind right. of thing. Yeah, I love coming up with those kind of scenarios. Social and conundrums. Social Moral conundrums. conundrums, yeah. Or even something that's more like uh, uh, like a video game mechanic. Right. Like, I, I think solving the first puzzles time... puzzles and stuff. Yeah, solving puzzles. I think the first time I DM, I threw that to my players, to the players, which is you, Sheena, John, and, and Biu, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I think it was the first time there was such a puzzle as well in the combat. Yes. I think, and I think you got it really quickly while the rest of the party was <laughs> yeah. uh, like, oh, what's this? Yeah, I think... Unfortunately, I, I was playing a six intelligent character yeah, that, <laughs> that I, I had to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> which is amazing, yeah. That's a role play bit, right? And yeah. Yeah. That's the part of that I don't like being uh, uh being a player. <laughs> yes. No, trying not to meta game, trying hard to really yeah. f- really really hard not to meta game. Yeah. Uh one thing I forgot to mention is mm. that uh, as a DM, I'm able to collaborate with my char- my, my players mm-hmm. and their characters. Yeah. And try and pull in their stories. Yeah. However much they give me <laughs> <laughs> into a mainline story campaign kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And that I find that the best because your D and D for me is always about collaborative storytelling. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah, I have. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I always feel D and D is the dungeon master create the premise, the main story, and all that. But I think the players have the the players themselves are telling stories and having audience, the audience as well, not just right to the, to the DM, but your audience is your fellow players. And mm-hmm. I always aim to, you know perform my character to his how a character should be you know yeah, yeah. I, I once read that uh, D&D is where the dungeon master decides the game will be a heist mm-hmm. but the players sort of decide whether the music to the heist will be from the theme from Mission Impossible uh, the theme from Ocean's Eleven or the theme of pa- Pink Panther <laughs> you're right yeah exactly so yeah yeah 
Oh, I that's think really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that a lot. It it's really it really depends on the the people you have at the table as mm. well. Yeah, and I think that is why I appreciate our party so much. Ah, oh, yeah, amazing. We have, we we have the similar. Yeah, we, we're all story chasers, and we appreciate good story, and we're not selfish. Mm. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, letting people sh- like I love it when you have the ability to let people shine, let other characters shine yes. in their moment. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do as a player would be supporting these characters yeah. in those moments yeah. or being an asshole and going against them in those moments. Yes. I think th- that's one of my favorite things to do yeah. as a player. Just play off, be a supporting character. Yeah. You know, it's not you don't always have to be the main character. And that's the best thing with Dungeon Dragon, right? Instead of story, normal stories, is that you are both the main character and a supporting character at different at times. Same, exactly. At different times, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what I love about D and D being able to step into these roles yeah. and live out fantasies, like being able to being good at your job mm. and getting paid for it mm. a fair wage. Those are the fantasies that you never experience in real life. <laughs> Well, yeah, more than that, it's really just... I love Hero's Journeys. Yeah. More than anything, I really love Hero's Journeys. Growing up on so many fantasy novels, Mm -hmm. it is... And the ability for... Dungeons & Dragons gives me the ability to step into into the shoes of the characters that I know and love. Mm. Similar shoes of those I love. For example, like, it allows me... If I want to be, I can be... I can be someone like Legolas. Yeah, I can be I can be like Frodo Baggins if I want to. Yeah, you know I can be Batman if I want to. Yeah, I can if I really try hard enough. I can be so I can be anything. Yeah, it's limitless possibilities. Yeah, so that's what D and D means to you. Would you say that, or is there more? D and D and D to me means freedom. It allows you to be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. It allows you to take risks that you don't normally take in real life. Mm-hmm. It allows you to be in situations that you have dream- dreamt of since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Be a hero where you don't normally get to do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Get lets you slay dragons. Yeah. It is limitless possibilities. And that is what I love about D&D. That is what it means to That's me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Also, D&D means to me, it's it's catharsis. Uh-huh. You know, at the end of the day, all you want to do is gather with your friends, have a good time, yeah. and, you know, maybe kill, like, smash some monsters, you know, have fun with your friends. Yeah. It's why people play video games, except this has the ability of being around the, the, f- the party that you have come to grow with yeah that's amazing yeah, yeah. I for me Dungeon Dragons is it's like a, a plate it's like a canvas mm. where I am as the artist are able to draw certain things and part of the drawing is done by my friend as well yeah and we collaborate together in making this art artwork mm-hmm. yeah, it can be a Plain. I mean, I I sometimes see it as a plain canvas. Sometimes I see it as us being in like in an orchestra, 
the dungeon master being the conductor right. while the players are showing their own s- sound and musicality as in a different section of the orchestra. That's right, yeah. Uh, and I love it so much. I mean, to me, it's an, for me, a way of expressing stories. I'm not the best of write, write I'm not a writer, so mm-hmm. I'm not trained in writing amazing stories. Right. I, I don't have... I'm not an animator where I can create animation or even a game designer where I can create games and tell stories through that. Yeah. For me, the platform to that is uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. And I always, I think I told you earlier, I always see Dungeons & Dragons a bit like uh, theatre as well. Yes, definitely. Where there's a story and then when, the moment I sat down, no longer as Steven, but yeah, as the character, exactly. I'm pretty much like in the, t- I'm on stage. Whenever I do that, I'm, I am on stage. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, obviously, a bit more anxious and nervous when I'm a dungeon master, when I have to be so many different people. But That happens to the best of everyone. But it's still an amazing experience because who doesn't have that when, when they go on stage? Everybody has yeah, that. It's a matter of, you know, just learning and enjoying the process. I think yeah. uh, I spoke to John about this mm. before and he he expressed something that I think, I can't remember whether it was him or me, but we both kind of agreed on the sentiment that we both came, f- we all, like you, me, and him, we've mm. known each other since we were like <laughs> kids. Yeah. We came through the band scene together. We yeah. were part of the same band. We learned we learned instruments at the same time mm-hmm. that we never really, and then we got to be part of something so massive mm-hmm. and take part in competitions and win competitions mm-hmm. and be a part of something great yep. as an artist. Mm-hmm. Both John and I were talking before, way before, when we first started playing, and we were we we often, we often likened ourselves as artists with no art. Mm, yes, oh, because I completely agree with that. We, like you mentioned, we're not fantastic drawers. Yeah, we don't really write. We don't aren't professional writers. We don't have. We don't have. We, I mean, we don't have that many uh, that any particular skill or talent or inkling of any artistry mm, but yeah. through D, we have found we have kind of found our art form yes yeah which is i think i i love that that D in this dnh you're able to find art forms in anything yeah and i f- i think i found mine in D. yeah that's what it means to me yeah oh that's yeah that's co- i completely agree with that it's amazing and yeah i, I think I think we love it so much because it just allows us to express ourselves. Yeah, and it feels yeah. good to finally be an artist with an art form. Yeah, com- I, I I, love it so much. Yeah. yeah, when you said that thing about being a canvas, it really is. Yeah. And it, it allows you to do anything you want. Mm, yeah, and the best thing, like any art form, uh, I don't know whether you guys as audience have experienced this when you play your game, but the people remember these stories. Oh, yeah. People remember, in fact, the best thing is when people say, oh, when we were in this area, they yeah. refer themselves as, we were there, we were in that cave, yeah, we were attacked by these vivisectors. Yeah. I, when your player says that, it's amazing. Or even when I am as a player, says that, hey, I, I remember when uh, Kazarin and I, or uh, Helzen and I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's Ned's character, yeah. we were at this place and we are doing some shenanigans, you know, destroying doors, whatsoever. And uh, I, r- I know as a DM, it's whenever people come to me, yeah, remember when you almost killed us? <laughs> in yeah. the, and I'm like, I didn't, okay, okay, we're in public, can you, <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> clarify a little bit? Uh, I don't think you have that kind of shame. 
that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they. But okay, yeah. here's the thing, though. Moving on from that, my search history is very suspicious because of D and D, because I want it to be as realistic as possible. So I'm like, oh, how long does a body take before it starts to smell? <laughs> and like what happens to blood at after one hour of being exposed at two hours of being exposed at ten hours of being exposed you know if <laughs> if by some some bad luck yeah. I'm, I'm caught up in an investigation for a murder I am screwed <laughs> if they go through my search history man yeah and then like oh like oh he must be a cultist he's searching up demons and devils and monsters yeah. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm screwed, man. Well, for me, it's the same thing. I think if Google look at my search history, they'll probably think I'm a parent of every year, every other year I have I have a new kid or something. So looking <laughs> for character names. Character names. <laughs> <laughs> and I will I probably he, Google probably think oh, I have a kid in Switzerland, kids in Netherlands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else? I put names in yeah, Finnish names. Yeah, I know, like Dutch names. Yeah, Hungarian <laughs> names and everything. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing about D and D is that your search history is gonna be short, but everything else, I think it's, I think it's a worth, I think the tra- the the exchange is worth. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so, what are your other favorite things about being able to play D and D? Like your favorite, do you have any favorite, in particular, mm-hmm. style of D and D? For example, I mean like the mechanics of it. I know you're a big fan of puzzles. Yeah. Right, and we are not that. I mean, I love battles mm-hmm. but when I don't like too many battles oh okay so what are your favorite mechanics of D&D I always like it okay and maybe the best way to answer this is the way I answered earlier like things like invocation right where a part of magic or a part of things that you can do in the battlefield a part of, part of mechanics becomes crucial in the story itself uh, especially in the in normal day-to-day interactions. Uh, I, I, w- I was talking to about Pokemon to you just yesterday, right? right? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing where in Pokemon, you always see, oh, oh, your Pokemon can do all these amazing moves, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But you can only do it in battle. But I love it when I was reading the book, the comic book, yeah, where Pokemon your adventures. Pokemon uh, read adventures and yeah. your the Pokemon can use these skills for day-to-day use. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of game I like uh, in terms of uh, a bit of using this mechanic in the normal conversation, in the interaction, the social interactions, right, and then as well as in the battles. And I prefer more of the, of course, more on the social bit because I think if you listen to our uh, previous Podrity more, uh, you will hear us talk about how much uh, the story actually, we, f- we think that stories and emotions and conversations are pushing the, the it gives the reason why the, the players fight why do the players find themselves in these mm. heroic moments yeah. of fighting the bad guys? Yeah, because if you just go there and fight bad guys, it doesn't mean anything. You mm-hmm. must have a story and emotion behind those. Has things, to have yeah. a drive behind it. Yeah. Yeah. What drives you? Does that answer? Yeah. yeah. I I love it in when it comes to mechanics for me. I love, mm. I love, social riddles. Oh yeah, you do. I really do love social riddles and, imp- kind of putting riddles into places where and trying to use them in a sense where you don't typically it's not the typical way of sol- finding a solution mm. yeah. so using the riddle would be a 
kind of out of the norm way to solve what you're going through. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's kind of me being boiling down to me being a troll again. <laughs> kind of. I but I so. love I love it when it's non-typical. I love it when it's atypical. Mm. Like atypical things because you you know everyone has the same access to all sorts of media nowadays. Yes. At the right. tip of your fingers. Yeah. You know, you pull out your phone, you'll be able to google something and you'll yeah. be able to find um one shots or campaigns or stories or mm. hooks that people have written yeah and you'll be able to use that and implement it yeah and by the way if you do that please you know at least reach out and like try to reach out to the people who wrote it and thank them for that yeah because i know for me it's greatly appreciated whenever somebody steals my ideas and tells me they're gonna steal it and then they thank me for it mm. i love that like if you're gonna steal it at least thank me for it you know <laughs> but i love it when because we're so used i we're so used to things going down one way. Mm -hmm. So I would try to think of this encounter, make set it up as a red herring to go down this way and then try and flip it on its end to see how I can make it different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always, that's kind uh, of yeah. my, <laughs> my method. Right. I don't know. I mean, you've played a lot of my games. Mm -hmm. How true is that? I think that's true, but I think you are, I would say that you are also not afraid of going with the cliches. Oh no, I love a good cliche, man. Yeah, so I think it's a mixture of both. I think, and I think that's how why it works as well. Like, there's you, a you, good you amount skew, of you skew heavily in both directions, and you see what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but I think that's. I mean, again, this is again a testament of how we both see the Dungeons Dragons. I guess so. Yeah, we can just take inspiration from anywhere, cliche, or sometimes you you want to be a bit creative about things. Yeah, change it up a bit and all works and at the end of the day you you and your friends are having fun being creative together able, able to express themselves yeah yeah that's the amazing thing about Dungeons and Dragons but I think the, that's yeah. the one thing that's very scary to me sometimes I have a deep fear I know I whenever I nowadays like it wasn't so it wasn't so it wasn't so prevalent before mm -hmm. but in the recent times that I've been DMing I've always been extremely nervous the night before and the, the mm -hmm. time leading up to the game itself, and even throughout the game. Mm. Previously, it used to be, like way back, it was the same. Mm -hmm. Then it eventually evolved into, I'm nervous on the day before the game, mm -hmm. but when the game starts, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And it evolved into, yeah, I, I'm not nervous at all. I know what I have in store because I know this party. I know you guys are going to enjoy it, mm -hmm. and you're going to appreciate it, so I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really DM for different people. Yeah. But when uh, now, after this break, coming back, I am deathly nervous every time I, I DM, man. I mean, I, I can't say that I have ever been super confident about my games. I've oh. always comes, uh, I always feel a bit uh, nervous uh, right. when it comes to being a DM. I think, but I think that's fine, right? Yeah. I'm sure you have performed before and there's a bit of nerve. Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah. To my recollection, there's only once that I've ever DM'd and known for going in and like being confident and not nervous at all. And that was that what, Halloween one shot. Oh, really? You and know why? Why? Because I kept telling myself, okay, I have, I'm going to be playing a big bad who oozes confidence. Yeah. I have, I cannot be nervous. I have to not have any nerves and I have to 
emanate that confidence in that character. So going in, I just kept thinking of like crazy confident out there big bads. Right. And just it worked. Wow. I I I I kind of steered myself into being confident. I thought that would be I I would be so nervous to play such a confident character. Yeah. But who knows? Was. Maybe maybe I never because I never tried it, right? Yeah, I mean, I did play a villain before that is a bit more very confident of himself and I think maybe that kind of yeah, that kind of work. Uh, Will. You, you, you yes, I remember Will. Yeah. I remember Will. First big bet I ever took. You know, okay, no, no, yeah. like, okay, I'm just, gonna, sorry, I'm going to cut you off right there. That mm. day, the other day, I just saw a show where they were talking about the smell of roses and then I, I got like my Vietnam PTSD flashback. Thank you very much. And I had, to, <laughs> I had to stop the show and like breathe for a bit. We got to explain the... the, the yeah, please explain. Uh, so I think it's because uh, the very first big bet that I threw to my to the group, uh, I specifically mentioned that the moment he en- he, they enter the chamber, there's this smell of rose before they start seeing the horror of this person who's experimenting on another person. And that Along wasn't even no, th- the thing is that yeah. wasn't even the first time that you introduced him. When we walked into his like workshop, there was yeah. the smell of roses, and he was this like unassuming, yeah. very polite, pleasant old man. Yeah, that was like a like a mage or some short some he's sort. The he's the ma- wizard of the personal wizard of, of like the a council cos- member or council something. Member, like, yeah. yeah, the king or something. Yeah. and then he was like this very unassuming, very polite gentleman, and he was pleasantly telling us and helping us along our journey mm. and towards the end where we walked through we went through this immense tunnel mm. we were battered and bruised and then we went up and then we we met the first thing that hit us when we went up was the smell of roses yeah and yeah. that was horrifying man yeah I mean yeah well Thank you for remembering that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just like, okay, so this brings me to a question. I'm sorry, you had a question. You want to say you wanted to say something before this? Before I uh, sidetracked? No, I think you... All right. Yeah, so this brings me to this question. What are some of your favorite big bats that you have kind of played as a DM? As a DM? Yeah. I don't think I've played any uh, big bat in a way that yeah I don't think I've played a big bet where I really have a lot of interactions with the players as a DM a lot of my big bets are stashed away at one side the closest one is the Will where I play him okay. as a he is a basically he has two sides he's a court he's a, the court magician right and while he's advising the king and all that he has his own secret uh, experiment lab at the bottom of the kit mm-hmm, yeah. and all that. So, yes, the interaction he ha- he has with the party is like, this guy is unassuming, this guy is a very nice guy, yeah. he is giving information, very pleasant, very good yeah, at the front. I mean, the fact that the whole kingdom is, you know, taken by his charisma. Mm. Yeah, but, of course, when they met him the second time round is very different. Yeah. Right, okay. Oh, I did play another big bad but there's very little interaction is in the in the one shot yeah i remember that guy uh, the guy that laughs yeah the, the guy i don't, i've never found out his name never yeah. found out what he was he was a character in a hood the whole time yeah. all i remember was his sickening laugh yeah so i kn- i've dubbed him the guy that laughs <laughs> in my own head yeah I, I mean that's the effect that i kind of won where you just heard him very 
specific wordings or laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just want to have that that's mystery. A, yeah, yeah, that's another villain that I really like a lot from you. The guy that laughs. I love it so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to make him still a mystery and you guys need to figure out more in that few one shot. But Yeah, it's going to be so difficult to play. Yes, now. yeah. Uh, we'll get to it. How about yourself? Oh, what what villains have I liked playing? Oh, um... You have some of the best villains. I have a lot of villains. Yeah. Yeah. I was also the one that DM'd the most one-shots. Maybe that's why. Mm. And I love it when a story has a good villain. So most of my one-shots had kind of a villain. Yeah. I love uh, definitely right off the bat, Green, which was that Halloween one-shot I just mentioned. Uh, He was a vampire that was hosting, kind of abducted and hosted these group mm. of adventurers into his house for his own sick games. Mm. And it was an evening of fear where I used typical horror movie tropes mm-hmm. throughout the game leading up to the dinner with Geraint itself. And Geraint was this very elegant, very confident, powerful. And I loved it so much because of the psychology of Geraint he was holding the conversation everyone in his like twirling them around his little finger and like weaving conversations seamlessly between people and just coming back and just the hint of implications because you never you they didn't know he was a vampire Mm. I called him a necromancer because he was a romancer of necks (laughs) so yeah so they thought he was some sort of mage of some sort yeah and he was drinking from a a glass goblet with viscous, like a very thick, with wine with very thick viscosity. Yeah. So, and it was all that kind of imagery and that setting that really made Geraint, I love playing Geraint so much. Mm, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. So, that was Amazing performance from you. Um, Another, another big bet that I enjoy playing is probably Eokus. Oh, the, yeah, crazy guy. It's, it's essentially Joker. Yeah. He's essentially the Joker from Batman the Animated Series meets a bit of, I guess, the Riddler. Mm, okay. Because he's trying to be that kind of mastermind. Right, right, yeah. So yeah, Eokus was this crazy, crazy-ass magician in the previous campaign that we were playing that got cut short by Pandemic. Yeah. And he... Yeah, he's that kind of per- he was that character that would harm himself and other people just to hurt other people even more. He was the one that didn't care about when I remember this one thing I remember really clearly was someone mentioning to him but there but then people are going to get hurt and the people are going to die and his response was simply, "Well, that's what people do. They die." He has no he really doesn't care about anything about rather other than his goal and his purpose and himself. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he's chaotic evil personified, I believe. I feel. I love playing that. Uh Letkey was really fun as well. Right, yeah. He's uh Dragonborn, Dragonborn. Sorcedin. Yes. And Path of uh, Oath of Oath of Conquest, oh, right? Conquest, that's right. Conquest, yes, thank yeah. you. So yeah which rivaled Sheena's Oath of Conquest Paladin as well. So it was that by was accident, fun. Yeah. So that was really fun, yeah. It yeah. was by accident that we both ended up having 
I as the DM have my big bet as an Oath of Conquest Paladin and she chose an Oath of Conquest Paladin to play as a character. Mm. So that was really fun. That was in a Dragon's one-shot where it kind of had a little bit of influence from How to Train a Dragon. <laughs> yes. Where, where each of my characters played a Dragonborn in a Dragonborn city of Drachma in my world. And they were part of the Wyvern Riders, which were soldiers kind of posted everywhere to look after the city. And Letki was their commander. Yeah. And that was really fun, actually. A yeah. very different idea. And and I think, okay, maybe I want to go back to like the idea of Dungeons and Dragons one, once more, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you can just, whatever you see on books, all the rules and all that, they are just... Can be translated. They're just tools for... Yeah writers and storytellers and even just players you want to create character mm-hmm. these are just tools you can use it in any way you want yeah and all you, all you need to do have is conversation with your dungeon master so that everybody is on the same page uh with yeah i mean your dungeon master kind of still he has to make sure that it's fair for the rest of the characters mm-hmm. uh, and all that and all you need to do is converse uh, con- have a conversation around it yep. as well yeah I think that about sums it up. I don't. Yeah. I can't really think of any other. I think we cover. I think I can't really think of any yeah. other big bet that I've played. That I mean, the I three enjoy. of them is the most scary. Uh, yeah, and the most interaction as well. Yeah, I guess so. There was, I mean, there was that small other one. There was the, the fiend that you guys faced in the beginning of the campaign and during the festival of light. But oh, that okay, was, that's. I haven't had the chance to develop him more. Yeah. And show you guys him. Yeah. But what I had in store for him was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, what about what about your favorite NPCs that you have DM'd? Oh, I, I think one for me would be the no name guy. Yes. Uh, okay. The no name guy is <laughs> uh, going back to the story of the Visector. <laughs> so what we were saying, yeah, the the party got attacked by Visector, and then they went they they went to hide in this little cavern, uh, because they saw this guy, uh, just telling them, hey, come here and hide. And then you realize uh, they have this little small area where they just kind of cramped up together and there's about two or three of them mm-hmm. inside and they were wearing like ragged clothes and s- and then they realized something about this guy is the party realized is that oh, while they're having conversation, some of them have like medallion stuck onto their body. Embedded into their body. Yeah, onto their person. Yeah. And one of them start, I think they start to realize that these people are the ones that was evolving and turning into these aberrations aberrations and vivisectors so I think the party from then uh, had actually no you and another party member saw one of them which is this no-name guy Mm -hmm. is about to turn into a monster he was he started convulsing and and I think you all gather that he's going to turn into a monster and I think that's where I remember that's a very amazing uh Standoff moment. Standoff moment between yeah. the party members. That's uh, right. Between me and another party member. Yeah. I wanted. Uh, I saw the other party member. Uh, One thing to uh, just the other character Ari yeah. Yeah. getting up and crossing the cavern to try and get ready to try and put him out of his misery or yeah because just take care yeah. so that we don't have to fight another vivid sector. Immediately, I got up and stood in the like in his way, in her way, and yeah. I'm like I was playing this scrawny little dexterity fighter arrow guys yeah and that was a buff ass monster of a paladin yeah. walking towards me and i'm like no and i think i remember what you said I, I mean i took so much pleasure in like just watching my player right yeah embody their characters together and they were going at it 
you know, they were like almost shouting at one another in the, yeah. on, across the table. It was amazing to watch. And I think you said something like, what, what do you say? A uh, soul is a soul. Yeah, and l- let me try. I will not, like, yeah. I said, a soul is a soul and I will not, I will not rob them of their soul. If he turns, I will deal with it. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that was that was amazing. And and then he asked me, "Can I try to remove the medallion, the embedded medallion?" Right. Yeah. And I said, "It'll be a very hard DC." And in my head, it's a DC twenty. <laughs> and he asked me to roll a medicine check. Yeah. So my character had like a plus one medicine, I mm-hmm. think. So yeah, I just uh, I'm like, I have to try. If it kills him, at least I tried. Yep. But roll. Natural 20. Yeah. And because of that, this guy was safe. And I think to go to go back to the main story, I mean, there's a lot of backstory to yeah. this uh, NP- NPC is because uh, this basically the party saved him. Mm-hmm. And much later on, uh, I think the, I, the party was at their own like house. Right, yeah. Keep. Their keep. And I think they were just fooling around and all that together in the morning. And I think they heard a knock. Do you remember the name of that keep? Keep out and... <laughs> Keep out and keep away. (laughs) No, it's not that. Keep calm. Oh, keep calm and carry on. Yeah, Yeah. keep calm and carry on. That was the name of the keep. Yeah, the name of the keep is calm and carry on. Yeah. So keep calm and carry on. So stupid. I love it though. Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. Right, so he came back. He came back. And looked for us at the keep. Keep calm and carry on. But it was so funny because I didn't, I just told the party there's someone knocking at the door. Yeah. And the party was just being an asshole that morning. Yeah. They it was like, breakfast, so... I think your character were the one... I was the one who was instigating inst- all yeah. this. He heard a knock said, yeah, coming. But no, nobody... it was the knock. Who is it? Come in. Then the door was locked. Yeah. So he couldn't come in. Like, oh, okay, let me unlock it. And then I just left it there. So I yeah. kept on cooking. Then we heard the knock. Like five minutes later, then we heard the knock again. So I went, who is it? Again, it's still me. Oh, okay. Come in. The door's unlocked. But it's not. It's still not unlocked. <laughs> yeah, this continues for about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the party kind of like edging one another to just continue this. Yeah. Uh, until this, someone decided to open it. It was me, yeah. yeah. I, I felt bad after so long. And I remember as a DM when I was playing this guy, uh, he came, you, you start to realize, oh, it was the guy that they saved. He was wearing a suit and he was like trying to reach out to the party to, to, thank, them. to thank them and give them like... <laughs> all the money he has because he lost everything he lost his, even mem- his memory yeah yeah. and I think the whole party's face was changed right away immediately when <laughs> we saw it was him yeah Kazran already had a change in disposition <laughs> yeah. it immediately became oh I remember you yeah. are you okay how, how have you been yeah. sorry about that I think we have I said like uh, something wrong with our locks <laughs> 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 it's a new keep we're getting all the kinks fixed yeah so but yeah, I like that character a lot. I, I love the effect that he brings to the party because I think kind of like unite the party. Yeah, he was the first person that the party actually saved. Yeah. Like for real, yeah. in person saved. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. How about yourself? Uh, favorite NPCs? Yeah. Uh, Captain Petters or Sergeant Petters? Oh, right. Yeah, it's just probably that was my favorite NPC to play. Uh, he, was, he was this yeah. guy that was being held captive and the party managed to find him and he found out while talking to the party that he'd been held captive for two days because yeah. he'd been held in a dungeon and with no way to find out Yeah. so the first thing he did was ah oh, shit I've been held for two days the captain's probably he was a sergeant at that point mm-hmm. so the captain's probably worried I have to go to work what time is it? it's in the morning okay I gotta go to work and then he <laughs> immediately brought the party into the 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 police headquarters and 
he when when he when he got to the door front door he told the party okay just roll with it whatever i say just roll with it okay don't let anybody know that i've been held captive for the past two days all right and as before the party even said yes he turned around kicked the door open and walked in and just yeah i'm here and then just continued doing it about his own thing and then the captain obviously gave him shit like where have you been for the past two days and he's like i've been undercover that kind of <laughs> thing yeah i've been these people have been helping me <laughs> and all that and just a very nonchalant very yeah unexpectedly cool character yeah he was and uh but he has a really good heart actually his heart is the right place yeah so yeah, the one thing I really amazing. liked about him was he was one of the characters in that town that was actively trying to trying to make the town mm. keep the town safe and keep it good and make mm. it everything fix everything that has been going on in town. So eventually it was found out that the captain was I believe the captain was had some fuckery as well. Mm-hmm. So he, he went away and Petters became captain of the town guard. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like playing Petters. Right, right. It allowed yeah. me to be that, just that little hint, like a whisper of an asshole, <laughs> while still being a good guy. Yeah. I like that a lot. Basically, always being kind, but not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of something like that. Yeah. All right, so I want to bring back to, I want to bring it back to a little bit about different streams and... Yeah, I think that's important. Because if you've never watched any Dungeons & Dragons related media, like streams or podcasts, you might not really understand what we're talking about. So I feel it is important for us to at least shout out a couple of streams or Mm. podcasts or videos so that people who have never watched, or even if you have watched some of these, maybe some of these will be new to you and you can take a look at it. So right off the bat, we're going to talk about, like, there's Critical Role. Yep. What else can be said about Critical Role? Mm-hmm. If you don't know what Critical Role is, just go check it out. It is the most watched Dungeons & Dragons stream. Yeah. I will say it is a bit of an investment if you're looking to get into Critical Role. Yeah. Or alternatively, wait till the 28th. Mm-hmm. Watch Legends of Vox Machina. And then from there, maybe you can jump in. Because they're currently on the third campaign. Mm-hmm. I think it's episode... Nine. Today will be episode 10. To, uh, today will be episode 10. Yes, so tomorrow morning. Yeah. So episode yeah. 10 will be coming out soon. And then, yeah. But I think speaking of uh critical role, I think if you are really first time hearing about Dungeons and Dragons, you think that it's quite interesting, you want to get into it, I would suggest even watching like the those uh celebrity Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, so another one was Stephen Colbert as well. Yes. So s- there is they did a uh, Matt Mercer is the. So I was about to get to that. Yeah. Critical Role's Dungeon Master is Matt Mercer. He is, in my opinion, the my opinion, he's my favorite Dungeon Master of all time. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best, if not the best, Dungeon Masters out there. And everything he can, everything he does to make his character's story blossom is amazing. Mm-hmm. So he, for Red Nose Day, he got to Dungeon Master for Stephen Colbert. Yeah, and one, you'll be able to find it on YouTube. One, yeah. yeah, it's only half an hour for that one, so That's it's right. a lot more manageable. So other. Other videos or streams that you might want to take out, take a look at is Dimension Twenty. Mm, yes, uh, they have a string of games. They yeah. have multiple, multiple games that span, I think, about six, maybe six to twelve episodes each. Yeah, that are very easy to watch. Mm-hmm. You can get an idea and feel what D and D is from there. It's very well produced as well, mm-hmm. and it has visual. It has a video accompaniment, so it's much easier to immerse yourself right yeah if you're looking at something for more of a podcast form there is the adventure zone mm-hmm. uh, the McElroys have been 
uh one of the one of the found one of the founding fathers of of D and D in podcast form. So oh, okay. so yeah. Adventure Zone is amazing. If you, it's actually they were one of the first few things that I checked up even before Critical Role. Right. Okay. So th- I listened to them for a while before finding Critical Role. I see. Okay. And uh, hand in hand with that, there is Acquisitions Incorporated. Okay. Another D and D podcast that is amazing. They Acquisitions Incorporated is a lot more shenanigans. Right. Than yeah. the high fantasy you're expecting. So if you want to. Uh, like go along for a laugh and mm. have a fun journey yeah you can check out acquisitions and operator as well yeah so on that note there's also uh on the D youtube page they had a campaign called force gray mm-hmm. um it stars it has quite a bit of stars in it so they're the cast mem yes the cast members are all stars it's joe manganello yeah. uh, well-known joe manganello he was in stuff like true blood he was Flash Gordon in Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, he was Deathstroke in Justice League. There's Deborah Ann Wall from Daredevil and True Blood as well. Yep. There's Brian Posen. He is from, I think, he is a lot of small roles everywhere. He is that big guy that kind of looks like an ogre and talks like this. If you watch um, Big Bang Theory, he was in there with as the guy who is into geology. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's Utkash Abutkar. He is the Indian rapper from... Pitch Perfect, right? Yeah, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Dylan Sprouse of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody fame. I don't know which one he is. He is not Jughead, right? Okay, <laughs> he's the not Jughead twin, right? And it is all DM'd by Matt Mercer. Mm. So I think there were just it's it's a very easy, it's a very easy series to watch as well. Yeah, and I think even recently from the the D and D YouTube channel itself, mm-hmm. they invited Jack Black and a lot of a star. That's right. So there are yeah. there are other celebrity D and D streams as yes, well. Yeah. But one you should check out would be Celebrity D and D. Uh, C E L I B R I D ampersand D. So mm-hmm. they have I think four episodes on that. There's one of Vin Diesel, there's one of Terry Crews, there's one of Joe oh, Manganiello, yes. there's one of John Bradley, who played yeah. Samuel Tarly on Game of Thrones. Yeah. So those are all, I believe, under Geek and Sundry. And it will right. be easy to watch. They have the com- compiled version of like 40 minutes, and then they have the extended versions for most of them that is about two to three hours. Yeah. So going back to celebrity streams, there is that one that Steven was talking about. It stars Jack Black. Everybody knows Jack Black. He's pulled mm-hmm. from Kung Fu Panda and so many other things. School yeah. of Rock. Um, okay, Pick I mean, Destiny, I th- I think Jack Black. Yeah, Jack right? Black. There's Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and Furious. Oh, yes. There's right. Janina Gavankar. She was, uh, and she's an actress who acted in small roles from The Flash and uh, the like. Um, there's Gideon Matarazzo from uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. There's Melissa Villasenor. She's on SNL. There is Reggie, uh, sorry, no, that was, there is also Reggie Watts. He mm-hmm. is the musician that is on James Corner's Late Late Show. Mm hmm. And he's a comedian as well, stand-up comedian. And this is all DM'd by Deborah Ann Wall. Yeah, she's an amazing DM. She yeah. is a really amazing DM. Yeah. Another another stream that you can check out would be one with Jack Black, Reggie Watts again, Lauren Lupkus, who plays she she is she's in the movie The Wrong Missy. And there are a lot of if you watch okay back to Big Bang Theory she was Stewart's girlfriend who run the who ran the uh, comic shop yeah, with okay. him as well yeah 
and she was also in like Orange is the New right. Black and a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. There's Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. If you're not sure, Jay and Silent Bob themselves. So Kevin Smith is definitely one of the best writers around nowadays. Jason Mewes and him were a comedic duo back in the day in the 90s called Jay and Silent Bob. Mm. They're both on it. There's Tiffany Haddish, who is an actress as well. A l- fantastic actress. And the uh, is the game is DM'd by Kate Welch, who is um, one of the better DMs out there as well. Very precise in the things she does. Okay, yeah, awesome. There are also other... I remember there was also another... If you just Google D&D and then there's a lot of things. Like recently there was Joey Beatty who did a D&D stream. Oh, Because right, he yeah. plays D&D. Joey Beatty plays Yaskier on yeah, The Witcher. Yeah. So yeah, if just most people nowadays have played some form of D&D. Yeah. So if you just Google or go to YouTube and look up D&D, you probably find a person that you find interesting in a game and that hopefully will help you understand what the game is like. Yeah. And you... Yeah, I think with that, uh, yeah, you want you wanted to mention about your favorite D and D inspired media. Okay, so with that, it's most people have played D and D, and there are a lot of things that have been inspired by D and D. Yes, for me personally, my favorite book series is the Reform Cycle by Raymond E. Feist. Yeah, and it started as his own D and D game right. that became this whole saga of an epic fantasy story. Yeah, if you're not aware, Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Was mm. also began as a D and D game, D and D game from Terry Pratchett. If I'm not mistaken, Terry Pratchett might have played with Gary Gygax. Wow. Before. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and which kind of spun this whole, which became this world in Gary Gygax, the, obviously the creator of D and D. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many different things have been inspired by D and D. I mean, for me, is also I played a lot of Final Fantasy game, and only later on realized that. The found, I mean, I think the founders of Final Fantasy was a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, and therefore the game is almost yeah. similar to D and D, like D and D, very very D and D. And I grew up with Final Fantasy, and I when that's why it just makes sense for me to play, to right. to really like this Dungeons and Dragons and yeah. stuff like Diablo and World of Warcraft yeah. and all of every single iteration from there, yeah. all spins from D and D related, D and D inspired. Yeah, yeah. If you've never tried D&D out, right, I recommend just taking a look at it and seeing if it... Because you never know, yeah. right? Always try... I love to try new things. Mm-hmm. but And, and D&D is one, one of the my favorite new things I've ever tried. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of uh, guides out there on the YouTube on how to start. Uh, uh, you can even follow a few streamers, how they do Definitely, things. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is really helpful if you were starting out on D&D we're not going to go through like a how to play D&D thing because yeah. there are pe- better people have done it and done it so well but if you ever really need help and you're beginning to play D&D there's this thing called Handbooker Helper mm-hmm. it's a stupid name but it's a really good series by the cast of Critical Role that mm, go through yeah. um, how to play D&D how to make do a character right? and how to bring a character and all that stuff yeah. so yeah it's on YouTube all of it yeah or if you do have the resources, you can purchase the book, uh, the Player's Handbook. That's right, yeah. And I think... Dungeon Master's Guide. Dungeon, Dungeon Master Guide. But I think just the Player's Handbook kind of give you enough if, to if start, you, If guess, you don't yeah. want to get that as well, you can always um, get the starter pack. Yeah, yeah. And I think... I mean, we started with that. Yeah, that's right. And it works... And yeah, it's amazing experience. Alternatively, if you need any help and you feel like you are alone, 
please feel free to reach out to us. We love talking D&D. And anything D&D related, if you just shoot it at us, we'll try our best to uh, let you know if we know the answer. And if not, I'm sure we know where to find the answers that we can point you in the right, right direction. Yeah. Also saying that, let us know what you felt, what you thought about this episode. No, what are you, what if your favorite? I really want to know from anybody what your favorite. I love talking D and D, right? I love <laughs> what your favorite classes are. Yeah. Or like, if you have a favorite uh, classification of monster or, or a favorite monster altogether. Yeah. And let us know what you like about D and D. Right. And if you don't, if you've never played D and D, let us know if you're interested in playing D and D because of this episode. That'd yeah, be that would be that would be really cool. That would be actually a, a big. I, I don't know. Gift to us, I suppose. If we ever heard, no, you guys started playing D&D because of this stream. Yeah. And found so, so much joy like how we did. Yeah. Definitely. So feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pod Geek. And yeah. having said that, I think that's it. Yes. Thank you for listening so much. We really appreciate it. I greatly appreciate it. I know. Yeah. Thank well. you so much. And yeah, I've been Nate. And I'm Steven. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.